Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I'm your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue covers... covers something. (laughs) This is issue 50. Welcome, 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 you all. It has been a little while, long time coming, a few years in the making, but we're now on issue 50, and I'm very excited. Thank you all for following me on this journey throughout all the shows I've started and shows that have ended and hashtags that have been created and these social media accounts and all that good stuff. Thank you. Thank you all. Before we get started, I'd like for you to go ahead and um, hit up Twitter, live tweet, use the hashtag CBNpod. Let me know you're listening. Let's make this a conversation, some dialogue. Let's speak on it. Let's check on it. Let me check on it. No, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so also, if you have any comments, leave them in the SoundCloud comments. Like, rate, review, um, hit the hearts, hit the likes, uh, hit those five stars, and let me know how you really feel about Carefree Black Nerd. Now, again, we've reached the 50th issue, and this has come on the heels of so many amazing things. Now, um, a peek behind the curtain here, a little bit behind the scenes. When I do set up my recordings, a lot of times it's scheduling them out by quarters. Uh, leaving some space to kind of improvise here and there. And with issue 50, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Now, Avengers is coming out. Deadpool is up next. Black Panther just ended. Well, not just ended. Black Panther is still out running strong at the time of this recording. But you have so many different things, not to mention the uh, TV shows and the streaming services that are just popping up and whatever. So I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Well... One thing, I said I bend the rules a bit. I'm actually going to go over or touch on a little bit of Superman. Now, I believe a couple days ago, we hit Superman's 80th anniversary, which is like an amazing milestone. Kudos to everyone over there at DC. Kudos to the creators of Superman. Um, Superman is a, house, is a household name. Uh, so again, kudos to him. <laughs> now, Superman is... One of those characters, much like Batman, who people just know. People from 70 years old to 70 years old, you just know who Superman is. And Superman has had different iterations. He's had animated series. He's had live action. He's had movies, toys, blankets, merch, up the wazoo. <laughs> and that being said, I wanted to kind of go over some some things with Superman. Now, we all know his story. He's a baby, grows up on Krypton. Um, he gets put in a capsule and shot off into space because Krypton is about to explode to, due to natural um, causes or something, whatever. We just know it explodes and he's gone. Uh, the kind of retcon or the other stories that his sister... Supergirl has also been shot out of Earth, but got stuck in. Who I wanted to call it the bleed. That's not it. Uh, tweet me, carefree blurred, and <laughs> let me know what that space is that Supergirl was caught in. But yeah, whatever. Moving on. So Superman ends up in Smallville. He gets raised by Ma and Pa Kent. They're these small town farmers who just love their little baby boy. Now I can't remember if they were unable to have children or just did not have children. I'm sure there are probably a couple different versions of Superman's origin story where both exist. Um, 
Yeah, but that's famously his origin story. Then he grows up and I believe goes to college. I'm sure goes to college. And then goes off to the big city to be a journalist at the Daily Planet. Now, when I was a kid, I watched the animated series. Back then, it was just like, okay, these Fox and cartoons and WB cartoons, those are just for kids and blah, 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 whatever. Well, uh, fast forward some years or so, I also was introduced or reintroduced to Superman in live action. And that was through the adventures of Lois and Clark with Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane playing Lois Lane and Clark Kent respectively. I really loved it. I'm not sure if that aged well. I have not gone back and watched an episode of it. I may do that. I might do a little recording on it or something. But I love that show. And I think it was just the live actionness of it all. Because as a kid, and this is why I fight so much for representation in comics and related media, I remember watching or reading comics and reading books and reading stories. But then when it came to something even like the Ninja Turtles, to see them live action was such an amazing thing. Like, I was so excited. I just, I remember those feelings. And that goes to, uh, what is the saying? People don't remember what you say, but they do remember how you make them feel. And kind of in that same vein, I can't recite a lot of these movies or shows or whatever word for word, but I just remember being a kid and being so in love with seeing these characters and these stories played out live, no matter how crappy the CGI was and the special effects and wardrobe and whatever else. It's just I was seeing these characters actually come to life. Now, there's a whole industry built off this. This is something that, yeah, my very own podcast is essentially powered by the comic book properties that we have out now. Now, that being said, there is and has been the conversation around race in comics. I had a well, I posted, rather, a screenshot to a Forbes article. I posted this January of last year about Superman being black. And the article pretty much said, since Superman gets his powers from the sunlight, science suggests he should have dark skin. Now, I tracked down that article, and I'm going to use it as a basis for this issue today. Now, to give credit where credit is due, this is a Forbes article Written by a Mr. J.V. Shamari? Shamari? Shamari. Uh, yeah, I'm not that great with names. C-H-A-M-A-R-Y. We're going to go with Chamari. Chamari. All right. <laughs> so, this award-winning journalist, not Clark Kent, but J.V., he uh, wrote, in, and I quote, Superman should be black. And by that, I mean he should have dark skin. And not that he's African-American or any other person of color, after all, the Man of Steel is from the planet Krypton, not Earth. That said, Superman could indeed be played by a black actor in the future superhero movies. Now, this article, this Forbes article, was written, or po posted, rather, on March 31st of 2016. Now, um, I find this interesting, and I like that, I like it when I see articles and think pieces and serious films and projects centered around things like this because this is life. This is real life. Yes, this is a fictional character and we all know that even with him be within him being fictional, he's also an alien and a lot of this shit just is the fantastical and would not exist. But this is the thing that has built, we've built an industry off of things like Superman. You have your streaming shows, your Netflix's Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. You have your Mason, 
motivation. <laughs> major motion picture movies. You have your Batman vs. Superman, your Suicide Squad, your uh, X-Men, Phoenix Saga, or whatever. Like, you have all of these things that are birthed from these comic book pages. Now, here, of course, I'm focusing on representation in comics and related media, and this is that. Now, um, JV continues on. My argument for why Superman should be black is based on science. Before I explain the reasoning, however, we need to address the sensitive subject, race. Many people use skin color as shorthand for ethnicity. (laughs) I can read, y'all. But race has little meaning in biology. It's a social concept that describes recent ancestry. Race matters for superheroes because it contributes to their identity. And over the past few decades, comic book publishers and movie studios have increasingly changed characters to reflect a society's ethnic diversity. I'll stop there. When we look at not just DC characters, but even looking over to Deadpool, and Deadpool 2 is coming out, and Zazie Beats, beautiful Zazie Beats, will be playing Domino. She is a race-bent character, which can you even call that race-bent? The more I think about it, it's like... Domino from the comics is a pale-faced woman. I'm not 100% sure at the time of this recording if she has a uh, background or not, like if she's like Russian or, you know, Yugoslavian. or I'm sure she's American, but I don't think she has a white, black, Latino box that she checks at this point. But that being said, we'll just go with race bent. It's important to see characters like this because, again, speaking to Little Rain Coleman, who was excited about his Superman animated series, but just fucking through the roof about his uh, Adventures of Lois and Clark live action series, that's important. Like, seeing these characters. So, anyways, moving on, JV continues. While that should be applauded in principle, identity changes are often short-term publicity stunts. It might sound cynical, but if publishers and studios had pure intentions, changes would be permanent. As long as, excuse me, as longtime comic fans know, major heroes almost inevitably revert back to their original identities, which is the case and which is very frustrating. Um, Now, in that, we do have indie publishers, we do have people doing web comics, we have alternative uh, things to look at. But for the general public who just buys a ticket to a movie and they go sit down and watch this superhero on screen, that's not always the best way. That doesn't always make the most money. And dollars are what what makes you important. So, um, Or at least it appears to be that way. So just because we may have a Dark Horse comic or an Image comic or a Milestone comic, uh, I guess Milestone comics, but you have these comics, you have these properties, but these aren't the comics and properties that are giving these huge films for people to watch. Now, times have changed. You can create a web series or you can shoot a music video and put it on YouTube and get a lot of recognition, even get you know fame and, and, and money from it. But when we're looking at the regular year after year, month after month, blockbuster hits, we're seeing them from people like Marvel and DC. And when you have characters like Superman and like Domino, who are, or world like Superman, who is a figurehead, people see him, people know who this is, and they go to fill in these seats for him, it would be nice to have characters of color on screen. We had Black Panther did an exceptional job, and now 
Hopefully there will be a onslaught of other films with black leads written and directed by black persons and people of color and all that good stuff. But getting back to the task at hand, Superman. Superman is iconic. He is as American as apple pie and lynchings on a Sunday back in the 60s. No, um, Superman is a fictional character. He should be able to be yellow or purple or pink if you want him to. But for some reason, when you get these characters who are so beloved, and that's I, and not to defend anyone who's just like a diehard fanboy, but that's pretty much in anything. You know, you, you, you latch on to something and now it becomes yours. The X-Men are mine. I'm probably the first person to have a fit when they mess up the X-Men. But I understand that they, people have different visions and they won't always align with mine. But the it would... What frustrates me is that I, as this black person, am able to recognize that and most times are expected to just roll with that. But then when you get a character like Superman, who, mind you, has not been changed, his race has not been changed in the field, but the very idea that he could be a person of color, a darker skin, or a black person upsets these people to no end. I'm like, oh, if you want to say it's so trivial and don't mess with this and that and you know, you can't touch this because this is how things have always been. This is a fictional character. He can be changed, but uh, whatever. Because you, you get the same backlash when you they re- revealed that Domino would be a black woman. And I think a lot of it has to do with not just, and this is diverting to Domino for a second, not even just about her being race-bent, but that she's just so unapologetically black. She is... Though she's not the darkest of our kin, she is not, um, she's not Jennifer Lopez light. She's not, uh, Vanessa Williams light, but she's lighter. She also has a natural big afro. She, uh, is not white passing, but she's a lighter skinned black person. Uh, it's the fact that she's not white. And who was I speaking with? Someone and their argument was, how odd would it be to see this pale-skinned person walking around? Because it's never been said that Domino was a person with albinism. So it's not like, okay, she's someone who could blend in, though she may stand out a bit because of this, uh, because of the way she presents. No, in the comics, she is purely white as a sheet of paper, but they don't say what her race is. And then people defer to, oh, well, her hair. Her hair what? Black people have so many different grades of hair. It does not matter. Much like with Superman. That has been an argument as well. Well, you can't mess with history. And he's this, he's that. One, he's a fictional character. You can do whatever the fuck you want with him. But just, I'm just like, oh, you have your black Superman. It shouldn't have to have a black Superman. Like, it's, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll try to stay on track with JV's article. Now, um... Uh, Rather than promoting diversity just for diversity's sake, he continues on, I believe the case for changing a character's identity is made stronger if the rationale makes sense based on origins and powers, which that does make sense. Again, with Domino, it would make sense that if she was a real, live, living human being who we have already on Earth, that she would be a black woman with this touch of vitiligo or perhaps a birthmark over her eye. And... I think she, I think Domino and Deadpool has been Lago. I think. <laughs> Somebody tweet me and let me know. Now, the change is more likely to be welcome if it matches up with, uh, with the person's, excuse me, uh, identity. Now, 
If it's based on logic, he continues, and not a gimmick. And that brings us to Superman. Now, this, of course, I'm continuing on with JV's exceptional article. Because most superpowers break the laws of physics, explaining why they're impossible is a pointless excuse. Again, there you go. There you go, folks. That's what I've been saying. You can't tell me that, oh, Superman has been white since the 40s, 30s, whatever else. And he does this. This man leaps a tall building in a single bound and is faster than a locomotive and a speeding bullet. It does not matter. (laughs) He's from outer space and he looks exactly like a human. Like... (laughs) Oh, man, goodness. Now, um, what LK continues, for the science of superheroes, it's more fun to focus on what's plausible. So while Superman's powers probably require unrealistic amounts of energy to work, we can at least imagine how to minimize the energy he'd need. Case in point, make him a black person. <laughs> now, um, I'm not going to read the entirety of the article. It's really good. I would, uh, I would say go and check it out. I'll probably leave a link in the show notes. Um, but he gives a lot of good examples. Um, he breaks down photosynthesis, the way that plants and humans react and with the sun, with the earth and whatnot, and why Superman would make more sense of being a dark-skinned person. And I agree with pretty much all of it. And I do like this idea, like he said, making the characters changes if they're going to be made rooted in that character's identity. Again, using the example of Domino being a black woman with vitiligo and Superman, because he gets his powers from the sun, being a dark-skinned person. Uh, though we can still skin, get sunburn, it's, we're less likely. And for the amount of time that some of these fairer-skinned folks spend in a tanning bed, it's just like, that makes no sense that Superman would be a white person. Um, there was a nice drawing that was done, and I don't know who the artist is behind the Superman, um, if he was black, uh, thumbnail or whatnot. And there's one of Clark Kent in a very nice looking suit, looking like a very trendy young black man now. And then him in his Superman outfit. And I, it, it just looks really good. But I, that also brings me to the reason why I started the podcast is, of course, to focus on representation in comics and related media, but to bring to light some of these more obscure characters and creators of color who some have gotten their shine, some haven't, some have died out, some are still creating, some are still in the pages of comic books now. Um, With Avengers on the rise, we're looking at a handful of black characters in that movie. Um, With, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just going off the top of my head, doing no research behind it, but just going back off memory, I think Deadpool has more black people or people of color in its second movie than Avengers, like, by um, to, by scale. And, I don't know. And that, that may not seem important. And, you know, the, the pushback is always, you know, why, why change things and why do this and why do that? When Riri Williams came out or was um, appointed the Iron Man mantle or as his kind of legacy member, it was a lot of bullshit with her. Oh, this black girl, why can't she just get her own name? Why she can't do this? Why she can't do that? And why can't you come up with your own such and such? And it's been said countless times. And the one time in particular that I can think of that rings the loudest in my head was DJ Ben Amin from the Fan Bros show who said... Um, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, because I cannot remember word for word. But he essentially he said that when you have characters 
who are already established, it makes more sense to just attach a character to that character and then kind of flush them out from there as opposed to just randomly creating a book. If you just made a book with Riri Williams and put it on the shelves, it would not sell nearly as quickly as a Riri Williams in an Iron Man book, which of course that makes sense. So you start her out there and then you move her around and you shape her to be what you want her to be. But don't, these fanboys and fangirls I'm speaking to directly, don't act as if if we gave Riri Williams her own book and we gave Miles Morales his own book and we gave Domino Cinematic Version Domino her own book, that they would just sell like hotcakes. <laughs> hotcakes. Like they would just sell um, like an Iron Man or like a Peter Parker Spider-Man or like a, I don't know, X-Force book. Um, and that's frustrating because, again, we do have other ways to consume uh, characters of color in different um, different publishers but when you have the main two competing at making these movies because even Justice League for everything that you think is wrong with it it still is a movie that was made that is still being seen be it illegally be it on uh, VHS or <laughs> not VHS well maybe VHS be it on DVD or Blu-ray it's a movie that's made that's out there so now, though it may be a flop or a bad movie to some of us now, a lot of cult classics from back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s weren't that great either. But we attached to them, and we like them. So who's to say that there's not a whole generation of kids that are looking at Justice League who are in the third and fourth grade, and they just love that movie now when they're older, though it may not age well or it may have been a horrible movie to some, it's still a movie that was made. Think of if that movie had more people of color. How amazing would that be? Like, again, well, I don't even know what show I was on. Maybe I was on my, I'm sure I was speaking on one of my, my Riverdale shows, but Molly Ringwald wrote an article about, oh, and I don't have the exact terminology, but to, what she said essentially was how, how does she cope with having some of her childhood movies that she was in that helped her that helped shape her as an actress be very problematic. Like, look at 16 Candles, look at Breakfast Club, things of that nature. And she said that there was a black man, he was a gay man who came up to her and was like, oh my God, I loved you and the Breakfast Clubs and such. And her reaction was like, how? Like, what the heck? Like, you weren't represented at all. But that's something that we have had to do forever. Us as black people, us as people of color, when we consume media, we have to see ourselves in other people, mainly white people, because that's the majority of what's presented. Now, things are different. So, you know, we have a little bit more creative control uh, with indie creators and everything else. But we always had the Chitlin Circuit, Bible Belt, like movies and stage plays and stuff. But when it comes to major motion picture films, when it comes to uh, major cable and network TV shows, a lot of times they've been white. I grew up with like Party of Five, Seinfeld, Friends. Like, yeah, there was also Living Single, Martin, uh, New, New York Undercover, things like that. But for the most part, you got all these white characters. That's probably where I got a lot of my humor from. Dharma and Greg, uh, Seinfeld, uh, Friends, Mad About You. Uh, what's that? Murphy Brown show, whatever that was. Just Shoot Me. Like, all of these things where I had to see myself in these characters not to watch it, I don't have to see myself in something just to enjoy it, but 
on average, I'm looking at this media and I'm consuming it, and I'm, I'm there are no brown people on film, but I'm still able to enjoy it. But when it comes down to it being in the reverse, maybe Black Panther is the exception, but maybe not. It's like there, I can't remember seeing a film or a property where it's been the majority of cast have been of color or um, and, and the white representation in that in said property being so small or non-existent on a national level that people are just enjoying if it's not like sports or something. And so all that being said, it's kind of a roundabout way of getting back to the point that Superman being black should not be an issue. Domino being black should not be an issue. Um, Blink on the Marvel's, well, Fox's gifted, the gifted. She's an Asian girl. Blink is a West Indian woman. She is a Caribbean girl. She is black for all intents and purposes. Yes, her skin is pink and her hair is purple and she has yellow eyes. Whatever, it's comics. But she is a black woman. But she's also, she's represented as an Asian woman in that iteration. But she's also represented in uh, X-Men Days of Future Past as a, an Asian woman as well. I, I'm i okay with that. I'm not 100% okay with it because now you're erasing one character of color with a different one. Whereas you have this slew of white characters you could have done that to. But whatever. Um, but then it's like you replace her with an Asian woman and it's just a very, very fair skin, light skinned Asian woman when there are some dark Asians. Like, who could have played that part? It's a tricky thing. Uh, you're not going to please everyone. I understand that. Um, but there shouldn't, shouldn't be, shouldn't be this much backlash when you try something different. I'm really happy about Deadpool. Uh, taking it back to what I was saying before, I grew up also watching Two Guys, A Girl, and A Pizza Place that later on became Two Guys and a Girl, which Ryan was the one of the two guys in that show. Um, he went on to play Deadpool in the Wolverine movie or some version of Deadpool that they concocted. And now he's playing Deadpool and has a passion for Deadpool, the character, Wade Wilson. And he it has helped bring a very amazing um, Marvel universe. Oh, this, that's all choppy. Uh, Ryan has uh, has helped to bring some of the, if not the best, uh, not, not including Logan, but the best Marvel Fox film. And Deadpool 2 just looks like it's going to be so much better. Like I think that kid, I could be wrong, but he looks like he's like Asian and white. But still, you know, a character of color. The cab driver being a character of color. Domino, uh, Terry Crews. Oh, I forget the character he's playing. Forgive me. Um, he's a character of color. I want to say Shatterstar is Asian. He may be white. But it's just like he's bringing these things to life. And for him to be able to do that with the love that he has. Like, imagine if somebody else, black, <laughs> was a little kid who loved the... X-Men 90s uh, TV show or cartoon did the exact same thing. It's he's doing a great job and I like to see more characters uh, race bent from white characters to characters of color or even gender bent because I know when Deadpool came out 
there was talk about um, Cable being played by a woman, which was like, yeah, I could see that. Now, there was backlash on that as well. Like, oh, why should she be a woman? And since Cable is a time-traveling mutant from some dystopian future that has been stuck in our timeline and has been bouncing around forever, bouncing around, bouncing around, like, forever. Uh, one with his baby sister, who was kind of his older sister, and then uh, fucking around with Rachel and Hope and his parents. He's always, like decades older than his actual parents like come on what's out of all this shit cable has going on how how far off is it for a cable to be a woman like all this time hop you're doing some kind of way you're going to cross over somewhere and become a woman if he came back as a hispanic woman i would be okay with that too it's just it's it's fiction and um it it's frustrating so <laughs> Let Superman be black. He can be black. It would make sense. Like uh, JV said in his article, it, it would, when you tie a change of a character to something that is um, in line with their identity, that makes sense. Um, Aquaman, him being white, that makes sense to me. You're in the ocean all the time. You're far away from the sun. I could see you being a lighter, a lighter skinned character. Namor being white. That makes sense. Let Namor, he be... Be white, and I don't mean white and black as even um, a, um, but from Africa or from, I don't know, Scottish or whatever. I'm just saying the color of your skin makes more sense with the way that we know, the things that we know about living in America, <laughs> living on Earth and uh, interacting with nature. Yes, characters who are under the ocean would be lighter skinned. I don't know. Um, I don't know. This is a love letter to fat boys and fat girls who are upset about blackness, who are so afraid of blackness that you can't even have it in your fictional characters. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of it. But I'll keep fighting the good fight. I'll keep pulling up obscure characters of color, uh, creators of color, having conversations with them, um, giving you the backstories on some and much like JV, I think that, and that's, I think that's something I'll probably go for it with a little bit more when I do think of race being characters. It's bending them to match their identity if they were a real person. Um, another character I have an issue with who has been race bent, but in a very problematic way, is Psylocke, Elizabeth Betsy Braddock. Like, uh, I would love to see her in the Siege Perilous and dealing with Arcade and uh, dealing with Mojo and all that good shit. I would like to see that played out on screen in a very good way. Make up for the mistakes of the comics from back in the day. Like, she's pretty much parading around in ooh, Asian face. I'll say that because I don't want to say a racial slur thinking that that's so not black face, but she's like an Asian face. Because she's not an Asian woman. She's a white woman in an Asian woman's body. And, again, she's, oh, God. I don't know. Comics, y'all. Comics. So, um, I would also like to see someone take on Supergirl being black. Being a brown, a dark-skinned character. Because she's just another Superman. She's another crypt. Crip, another blood in another crip. She's a crip from Long Beach, California. <laughs> no, she's another character who is from Krypton and 
came to earth pretty much the same way. Now, the argument for her being lighter could be that time she spent in the dead zone or whatever else, but you're also still on earth, young lady. Be dark-skinned, just like your bro- your cousin should be. Um, yeah, so that's that. I don't know. Uh, fan casting, I would love to see Sterling K. Brown play a brown Superman. That's that. I want him in everything. Him and Idris Elba, just let them play all the roles. And uh, Angela Bassett as well. Let her play all the roles as well. Um, what else? So, Avengers is coming out. Um, Deadpool is coming up. Um, Black Panther came out. Jessica Jones season two came out. We have the Krypton series on the science, uh, sci-fi, the science on sci-fi. Um, ta, 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 ta. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming out, and um, and I'm just looking at a lot of these shows, and especially these live-action shows that have taken liberties and done you know they're still made good content but haven't stuck directly to the comics and i'm looking like okay if we look at just the shows that's come out over the last year let's look at punisher jessica jones runaways um cloak and dagger krypton um let's just say just those five and look at the representation in these shows and then look at them are they sticking to the comics uh, storylines to the T and if not what what would be so wrong with making someone a character of color making someone a trans character making someone differently able like you know so I don't know I'm just <laughs> I just get frustrated <laughs> with that and especially when you God it's just it does it's not hurting anyone but um, like JV said in his article it would be nice if these changes were permanent and not just superficial just because now I will acknowledge or recognize that sometimes when people are doing stuff for the money, you, you can turn out to have a good thing. If well, we know black Panther was a success. There are going to be people making films and TV shows and pushing forth that black imagery just to make money. But that's not going to negate the fact that a lot of kids and a lot of people are going to see Brown and black and Asian-ness and Hispanic-ness and Native American-ness and all this stuff on screen or in these properties and that's going to feel good. Those are things that are going to last. Those are things that, again, these third graders from 2018, 10 years from now, are going to have these nostalgic feelings about and they may be something that was fueled by, oh, black people like going to see the movies. They like to see themselves in movies. Let's put black people in another movie. That may be what fueled it, but that doesn't take away the side effects or the things that uh, happen because of it. I case in point, these nostalgic feelings you have. And it would be nice if a lot of these things would stick. Again, going back to um, listening to Fanbros, DJ Ben, I mean, I think Tatiana has said this as well, where if you don't like something in comics, just wait a couple years and they'll change it again, which is, it's, that's true. But I'm hoping that we can get to a point where the top two, especially, you have these characters who are race-bent or introducing these more diverse characters and cast and let that stick and make people fall in love with them. When you say things like women don't sell and people of color don't sell or whatever else, that's a slap in the face because you have so many talented people out who want to write. And everyone doesn't want to write their own stuff. Everyone doesn't want to just... I mean, make my creator own book. Whatever. Some people aspire to work for Marvel and for DC and Dark Horse and Image and 
Oni Press and Boom Studios and all this. And some people aspire to do that. And in doing so, they want to write these characters. But then you can't say, oh, well, you know, people of color don't sell and women don't sell. And so, you know, you limit the... Um, uh, you already cut yourself off to these people because you're saying these things, but shit, a black woman can write Superman. A uh, Asian man can write the X-Men. A, you know, a um, trans woman can write, oh shit, I don't know, the Green Lantern Corps. Like, just, uh, diversity is not something to run away from. And even if, and I hate to say this, but even if you're giving these white characters to these people of color you're still going to end up with something very good and don't oh god this is the other thing just because someone who is of color or is a woman write something or produce something or create something that does that isn't an instant hit there's no reason to just brush them off to the side everyone does not always have to get five stars for everything they do you have people we have white men making mediocre movies forever in a day and that they still get these movies forever in a day and they still get these awards you don't offer the same to other people who don't look like this and that is freaking frustrating so um getting back uh oh shit hell let's not okay remember that day lois lane was black or what comic that was or she was black for a day or something it's like oh, you can't keep trying on blackness when it suits you and then taking it off i'm like oh just kidding guys back to business as usual no when you make these characters a different race no matter what it is make it stick make it stick so that this third grade class in 2018 grows up reading these books and they read a black superman and that is the definitive superman for years to come just <sighs> comics man uh, that all being said, we're going to keep this conversation going. If you have any ideas, who are some other characters you love and have loved as a child, but you would love to see them a different race. It doesn't just have to be black. And, you know, if it makes sense that this person is an Asian character, or this person is an Aboriginal character, or this person is whatever, just, you know, tweet me, Carefree Blurred, use the hashtag CBMPod. I'd love to get your feedback and kind of go back and forth because, a lot of times I'm just speaking into the mic, speaking into the ether, and then just, you know, uploading after that. <laughs> so um, email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Tweet me at carefreeblurred. Uh, follow me on all other social medias at carefreeblacknerd. Um, yeah, and send me your pictures. If someone has artwork or you come across some artwork of a character that's race bent, regardless of the race, uh, send that to me. Let me know. Tweet me. Tweet it to me, carefreeblurred. Look at this, you know, um... Uh, Asian Supergirl, look at this uh, Native American Wolverine like do that, I'd, I'd love to see more of that and uh, yeah y'all, this has been fun ranting for the 50th <laughs> so uh, this has been issue 50 and thank you all for joining me thus far, thank you for supporting me, thank you for all of the different shows that I've put out that you've listened to, that you've commented on, please if you're listening on SoundCloud, please comment, if you're listening on iTunes uh, go over and rate. Give me those five stars and review it. Tell me how you feel about Carefree Black Nerd. Um, Stitcher, Google Play, all that. Just be active. And then tweet me. Let me know where do you listen from? What platform do you use? Do you listen to me on BYNK Radio? Do you listen to me on, on Stitcher, on Google Play? Um, yeah, all that. Just uh, all in all, let's keep this conversation going for the next 50 issues. 
And be on the lookout for season five of Carefree Black Nerd coming soon. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> that being said, see you back here same nerd time, same nerd station. Um, and stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay geeky. All right, y'all.